Welcome to the Creation of Living podcast. I'm your host, Heather Nichols, and I'm delighted you're here. Join me for conversations and inspirations for creating way more in every area of your life and living. Welcome everybody to the Creation of Living podcast. I am here this week with a very special and um, different guest for me and for this podcast, uh, Mark Pattison, who is um, has been a lifelong athlete, um, serial entrepreneur, played in the NFL, and most recently actually um, took an expedition to the top of Mount Everest. And I wanted to interview him about being an athlete with business and basically with your life. Welcome, Mark. Thank you so much for being here with me. Love being here. Thank you for having me. And we we were joking before because Mark is a, a long, long time friend of my partner, Brian, and um, and we've never actually met. So I I... He's actually, he's a real person. You're a real person. <laughs> it is awesome. I love being a real person. And um, you know, he's so highly of you. And it's, it's great to finally meet you. We're virtual. And, you know, there's still some carryover a little bit from COVID. And this is the way we're actually communicating as a community, as the world. Yeah. Um, and so it's so wonderful now, even though you and I are directly um, LinkedIn right now, um, you know, in person, but we're, we're making that bridge, that step towards, you know, regathering again, which is wonderful. Yeah. 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 So you just finished, um, an expedition to the top of Everest, um, a few weeks ago, right? Yeah. I was literally standing on top of the world, uh, on May 23rd (laughs) today, it's, uh, June 28th. So a little over 30 Mm -hmm. days ago, I was on the top of the world, and it really completed a, uh, a 10-year journey um, for me, which I was climbing actually the seven summits around the world. So the seven summits for any of your listeners who don't know are the highest peaks on each continent. So I literally traveled around the entire world. And when I first put this down as a big goal to go after, um, I thought it'd be seven summits, seven years. And what I didn't factor in is mother nature. I didn't factor in this thing called COVID, which shut the entire world down. And all those had, um, you know, there was various adversity I had to go through. And that's, I guess, just life where you go through peaks and valleys, but you have to keep, you know, going forward. And even though there might be some detours in there, you still got to have your eye on the end prize and which is what happened. And as you said, you know, I was very, 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 very fortunate to be one of the few to actually summit Mount Everest this year. We were uh, knocked off guard by, of course, COVID, which there was a huge outbreak at base camp. And, and it wasn't so much, I was vaccinated, but it wasn't so much about maybe a person being vaccinated, not getting it. But if other people within the expedition party and the Sherpa, none of the Sherpas were, we had 35 Sherpas that were supporting our, our group if they got COVID, they just shut the whole expedition party down. And um, we didn't have that experience in terms of, we didn't have a, a, an infection um, outbreak within our expedition, within Everest Space Camp. And then the other thing was there were two cyclones that hit um, Everest, um, wow. which just brought massive amounts of snow and high winds and everything else. So, you know, just to say you can actually make it is one thing and then make it with, with, with all this, you know, uh, outside factors you can't control was another thing. 
Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Meant to be for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So um, what was it like standing on top of the world? <laughs> well, that's a great question. I think, you know, the, the probably the one question that um, that is most surprising to people that I've been engaged with and are asking a lot of questions about it um, is when I tell them I was there for 55 days. And uh, it just, just that alone is just a, a testament of endurance. And yeah. there's a lot of, of alpha dogs who, which meaning men and women that have been very successful in other ventures in their life. And, you know, as an athlete, when we kind of get into this a little bit further about talking about commitment, um, you're there and you don't have any of the conveniences. And, and so you're wearing down, your body's wearing down. And, you know, I lost 25 pounds. And mm -hmm. for me, I'm not a, I'm not, you know, overweight at all. Um, yeah. I'm like your partner, Brian. I'm a little, yeah. So, so there's not that much, you know, when he's talking about 25 pounds, that's significant. And you're showering maybe once a week in this jerry rig system where water's <laughs> kind of trickling over your head. It's every night it's below zero and, and you're sleeping on ice and rocks and bad food. And, you know, you <laughs> go without those conveniences that, that we're, we're used to. And yeah. for some of these people, it was either easy just to pull the plug and like, you're telling me in 24 hours, I can be back in New York having a steak, you know, I'm out. We started with 21, 21 climbers and of the 21 climbers, only 10 of us made it. And yeah. probably half of those were just people that checked out within 45 days of, of this expedition. Um, so going to your question, was it like, you know, for a lot of people in our group, at least, you know, I know there was some elation and they were taking videos and high-fiving and everything, but, you know, for me, I had a different experience. And um, <clears throat> first of all, Again, I need to set this up a little bit because it's not like you say, hey, let's go climb a, a, a quick uh, mountain or something outside of Boulder. <laughs> right. Um, this, right. This is your, your, when you're, when you're going to go for the top, you're, you're, you're projecting and based on weather forecasting about six days before. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, weather is weather, you know, weather, especially on Mount Everest is tricky because it's changing, you know, all the time, especially when these cyclones were hitting. And so we'd started this, this venture of the mountain, mountain around the, the 15th of, of May, hoping that we thought the 20th, 21st, something like that, there would be a, a window where we could actually go for it um, because there's such high winds. And we're talking like 200 miles per hour. So wow. it, it gets completely crazy up there. And ultimately, um, we did start off for the summit around 1230 in the morning on the 23rd. And when I got up, there were heavy winds blowing 40 miles per hour. And the first thing that happened is I got snow blind within the hour. And so that affected my left eye. I literally could not see out of my left eye. And that came into play a little further up top. And then the second thing was I really wasn't eating much, you know, over those six days because now you're eating freeze-dried food. Mm -hmm. And I think you're a foodie. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so you, you like really great great nutritious you know lettuce yeah. and fruits and vegetables and you know when you're eating freeze-dried food it's kind of disguised as lasagna and macaroni and cheese and some of these other ones and it's just hot water on top of sawdust and it wasn't going down for me and so I just continued to lose weight and so when I got up I got snow blind I don't have much energy I had just a little bit of of granola and then off I went and it is uber steep and you're in the death zone at 26,500 feet and so um, ultimately I did get to the top 
there were challenges around that. It took me forever. Um, I was normally one of the strong ones of the group and that day I wasn't, I was like in last place. Um, and, and, and where the snow blindness really kicked in too, and this is where energy is going in the wrong places and which is towards your survival, which is you're tethered to the mountain on Mount Everest. Typically on these other ones, you're somebody else. Like you and I might be tethered together. On this mountain, they have fixed lines. And so you're reaching down and you're clipping in. Yeah. And, and I, it was hard for me being blind in one eye to clip it. I couldn't see the, the rope or there was five ropes from other expeditions, but four of them were bad ropes. They were afraid and they, they weren't complete and they weren't tied in on the other side. And so I really had to concentrate in. So by the time I got to the top, um, most of the people left and there's only seven of, the, of us up there. There's, there's five other people from another expedition and myself, my Sherpa. And, and so the, 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 the exhaustion level I felt and just like, oh, my God, I just I, I was so wasted. I mean, I, I hadn't really eaten in days and I'd now climbed up to twenty nine thousand thirty two feet. I was standing up there sitting there and I just I and, I, and the, really the only thing I could think about was like, oh, my God, now I have to go all the way back down. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> it's not over yet. It's only halfway there. And as yeah. it all turned out, then. You know, on my way down, um, I did run out of oxygen and that was a major problem. Um, I was exposed and I was, it took me 18 hours to do this. So think about if you're going to go exercise for 18 hours, right. but you're the tallest place. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not an endurance athlete per se. Mm -hmm. And that was a long time. And, you know, I really had to tap into the energy of other people rooting me on. My daughter has epilepsy and it was just like, I wasn't going to quit um, because, um, she hasn't quit with her struggle around that. And it was just like, I kept saying to myself today, I'm not going to die. And, you know, this is not that many times when you go through life, when you go so far to the edge, yeah. when you're like, you know, this is a life and death thing. And, um, but at the end of the day, I did make it back down to, to my tent. Um, it was late in the afternoon. And then that night was a whole nother like crazy experience, but but um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sitting back here today ab absorbing and just starting to, to take it back in. I was so depleted. I was down 25 pounds. I was snow blind. You know, there was so many things that were going on that I was just lucky to survive. And so it was really hard for me to, at the time, to really appreciate the accomplishment versus yeah. what I'm kind of starting to let that come in a little bit more right now. Wow. Wow. I mean, I mean you know, we hear about how extreme these types of things are, and especially this, especially Everest. And um, yeah, it's, it's a different thing to hear the story, you know. Well, yeah, and I'll tell you another, just quickly, you know, um, which all becomes ex extremely so, uh, sobering, which is when I was in Antarctica in 2019, January, and um, I successfully summited the mountain and I, uh, my tent mate at the time um, was a guy by the name of Don Cash from, from Utah. And, he, you know, we're going to, I think we're going to get into this, but, um, you know, as an athlete, when you go forward and you do these things, you know, what people see is this, oh, Mark summited Everest, but they did not see the million hours and hours and hours and hours of work that I was going up and down. I live in some LA, Idaho. And so I'd, I'd skin up the mountain on the skis and then rip off these skis and ski down 
But, you know, I went up 45 times. I mean, constantly in the mountain. I'd do two a days. I'd train. And this guy, Don, just wasn't really that much of a Freddy fitness. And so he was really doing this to show off to his friends. Anyways, in 2019, later, three or four months later, after we summited together, he struggled on the mountain, but he did summit. Um, he went to Mount Everest. And I, there was this big, um, from 2019, there was this iconic photo of this gigantic lineup that went all the way to the top. I think a lot of people, whether you're a climber or not, saw it around the world. And um, anyways, he ended up dying. And so mm-hmm. as I was climbing up the Hillary step, which is kind of that final third of the mountain, you know, I literally stepped over his body and he's laying right there and there's dead people sprinkled out down at 26.5 in the tent next to me, um, six feet away was a guy that died on the, the 12th of uh, May. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's real. And so it's not just like, when I played football and I'm tired and hot and you know, like, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to go to bed and you have a pillow and you're going to you know, have real food. And then this just, it's a whole different level. Wow. Wow. That is, that's gotta be really sobering. Yeah. Yeah. And to maintain your, your focus, you know, when that's going on, just, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Let's talk about the training and the, I mean, you know, cause the thing, what inspired me, um, to, to have this conversation with you, um, it, one of the things is, is I've been looking at this a lot in my own life. It's like, what is it to be, to have this sort of mindset of being an athlete? Now this is like, you know, the, <laughs> the extreme, right. What, what you've done, um, where you're literally like, I could die doing this. You know, everybody knows if you go up Everest, you may or may not survive. That's a common, that's common knowledge. Right. Um, so, but for me, just, um, playing with, uh, I was mentioning before we started, you know, I've been very athletic my whole life and, and things have always come really easy to me and, um, just started, figure skating, um, in August. And, um, and it was like, as soon as I, you know, you see these people, it's like, you, you know, you see these people whirling around the ice and it looks very easy, you know, and, uh, and you don't realize, like they say in figure skating, you have to do a move 10,000 times to get it, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, there's a lot of different moves, you know? So, um, I, it was the first time I had ever done something in my life where it was like this, if I am actually going to be able to do what I would like to do here, this is going to take me years and a lot of practice and a lot of commitment and diligence. And, you know, and I, it's just been, it's actually been so fun for me. Cause I, I just, it's like, I just, I love having that kind of a challenge. Um, and I've never been, I've never challenged myself in that way. And it's really shown me, okay, I don't miss days of skating unless my body is like, needs a break, you know, or I can't get to a rink, which sometimes occurs, but I don't miss a day. And I like, I make sure I've got that time in my schedule to go and I've got coaches and I do my, you know, I like I'm constantly practicing and it's a little boring sometimes because you just do the same move over and over and over, but it's part of it. And, and like the energy of it has changed so much for me looking at, okay, so am I willing to be this committed to the rest of my life? You know, where, where is this energy, this commitment, this focus 
not showing up in the rest of my life with my business, with what I'm asking to create in the world, you know, with all these different things. It's like, what if I had that kind of commitment in the other things that I do? Um, so I know you, you have a lot to, you, to say about this. So <laughs> now I'm just listening. I love what you're saying. Um, and you know, really the, so, so for your listener, um, so oh, I, I went to, I grew up in Seattle, Washington, which ultimately I think had a major impact in terms of my mountaineering thing, which later in life, you know, has kind of come full circle. But from there, I went to the University of Washington um, and, and um, uh, I played football up there. I was drafted by the Raiders. I played in the NFL for five years. Um, I've been, I've, I've run a, a number of different businesses and now I'm an executive for Sports Illustrated and recently this whole mountaineering thing. And so, uh, one of the the the, the um, I was starting to say is that I can tell you for sure that there are so many people out there, guys or girls, that are way more talented than me. I can promise you that. Um, <laughs> the guy, the guy you're you're with, has got double the IQ. I. I mean, it's just. <laughs> There's just so many. No, really. I mean, it's just like it's like in, in in sports and in mountaineering and all this other stuff. There's the the only difference, really. And I'll get into the granular detail of this in a second. But really, the only difference is is between myself and many of the others is um, is that at the end of the day, once I put my mind this is the direction I'm going, I don't quit. And most people quit because it gets yeah. too hard. Yeah. And that's where it really gets in for me. You know, when I was in high school um, uh, and it was, you know, football seemed to come very naturally to me and, and it was a different day back in then. But at the same time, um, you know, I really didn't work for what was coming in my way. I just, I was just better than everybody um, mm -hmm. at that level. And then I got to the University of Washington. I remember standing out there as a freshman and now this is going through fall training camp. Um, and we had a very famous, you become a Hall of Fame football coach, Don James. And I was out there freshman, I was six foot two, 181 pounds. I couldn't bench my weight. And I was looking out there and we had just gone to the Rose Bowl. Um, and we had all these really big and strong, confident. I mean, I, mean, I just wasn't even, even in, that, in that same category. And so what Don James taught me was something called the pyramid of success. And the pyramid of success is something that John Wooden, the late, um, UCLA coach who won 10 NCAA championships in a row um, in basketball. And, and so our coach taken that, that essentially that, that model, that pyramid, and there's, there's 25 individual and team blocks. And at the very top, um, there's something called competitive greatness. And so for us, you know, our goal, ultimate goal is to win the, the Pac-10 championship and then go to the Rose Bowl and win the Rose Bowl. And to do that, the individual and team will get bigger, get faster, get stronger, do well in the classroom, be a great teammate, learn your, learn, learn um, the, all your plays. And so you don't make sure that you screw it up on the, on the, on the, on the playing field. And, and this is where you had to become a master of this pyramid. And really when you get down to um, competitive greatness, what that really means and something that just came out of your mouth as it relates to skating, is that you just absolutely love the process. And loving the mm -hmm. process means there's going to be a bunch of good days out there for you. And there's going to be a bunch of bad days. But because you have a strong why on why you're there in the first place, you mm -hmm. don't give up. And again, this is the reason why when I get down, I set my mind towards and all those times I went up when it was cold 
and miserable, you know, in the mountain that I kept going through because I knew this was going to put me in a position um, to, to win uh, when I needed to. And, you know, he goes on to say, John Wooden goes on to say, uh, you know, be at your best when your best is required. And mm-hmm. so for me, as I was going down this path, you know, this goes back, well, each one, all of these things I've done, um, by doing the things, the individual and team things you have to do to ultimately win and get to where you want, there's no certainty. There's no certainty that even though it took me three years of serious amount of dark days when I was a freshman, sophomore, junior in college, there was no guarantee that if I did all those things that I was ever going to step one foot on the field. Never, not mm-hmm. one. And then I get in the NFL and I got cut and I got traded. I got brought back. I got everything that could possibly happen to me. But I just kept saying, I'm not giving up on this thing. And what just recently happened to me on these mountains, you know, on Mount Everest, when, you know, I felt strong, I felt strong. And then it got down and people have said, did you feel like quitting? I, I did. I mean, that went through as a mental battle all the way up and down that mountain. I was like, I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting for these certain reasons. And then, you know, again, tapping back into all that amount of time that I, the work going up because I didn't quit. I wasn't going to quit because I put in the work. And so I'm passionate about this because it's worked. And I just see too many people that check out. And we had that happen on our mountain. There were guys that were very rich executives that were like, you know, I don't need this. I'm out of here. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's, you know, to me, that's, that's what it's all about. And if you can wrap your mind around that and, and really be committed to the process, um, they say it takes a little bit more to make a champion. And that to me is what that's about. Wow. That's yeah. Brilliantly put. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I, um, I facilitate, um, one of the things that I facilitate is a, um, body of work called the joy of business. Mm. Um, and I would say, you know, if we apply this to business and, and I, to me, the business business is how we create our whole lives. Like my business is my whole life. Um, and, um, and that's, this is a huge piece is like the, the joy of actually just creating, I mean, business is my creative playground and I love creating. I love the process of creating and, you know, it's with anything, whether it's business or, um, like an athletic goal or anything that you're doing, it's like, there is a result in, you know, you do have a result in mind, like, uh, you know, most people do. And, um, you also have to be willing to, for that to not occur. Like you have to be willing to go through years and years and years of training and not get to the top of Everest and still also be totally committed to making it happen. You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's all of it, you know? Well, no, I'll tell you, it's interesting because when I started this, the seven summit journey back in, uh, well, roughly 10 years ago, I was going through a rough patch in my life. Right. But at the end of the day, we all go through rough patches. Yeah. And, and what the, the mountains brought me, and these are all the, all the little incremental gifts that came my way. And this is what, if you don't step into the fear, if you don't have action creates reaction, if you don't go in some direction, you'll never grow. If you're not growing, you're dying. Right. And so um, through the years of going to a mountain every year, I slowly found healing for me in the mountains and nature. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that was a huge, you know, blessing that came to me. And then, and then one day there's a, there's a guy that um, 
um, has this big podcast that said, hey, I heard about, you know, the former NFL player trying to be the first guy to climb a seven song. And can I do a podcast? I'm like, what, what's a podcast? And he goes, well, I'm coming over to your house. We're doing a podcast. I go, great. So we're having a conversation like this. And fast forward the clock, I started my own podcast um, two and a half years ago. And I've got like 150,000 downloads now and 200 episodes and the amount of people that, because it's about people overcoming adversity and finding their way, finding your summit. Mm-hmm. His name. And oh, nice. yeah, and so the the blessing for me to be where you are right now and talk to people who have no arms, no legs, or blind, have done these incredible things, you know, to really bring kind of full circle around that maybe the stuff I'm going through isn't quite so bad, the perspective um, of that. And and then my the NFL is doing a, a documentary on my whole journey of Everest. And and part of that is because my daughter has epilepsy. And so um, I started raising money for this um, um, foundation here in, in Sun Valley called Higher Ground, but we created a program called uh, Millions Everest. And so, you know, the NFL is throwing in money. And so it's really, you know, Tim McGraw has this, this, this song called Humble and Kind, which is one of my favorite songs. And he's got this line towards the end, which says something like, you know, if you get to where you're going, make sure you turn around and help the next person in line because mm-hmm. you always want to make, make sure you're humble and kind, yeah. right? And so it's paying that forward. And so there's been some light shown on me because of my past, but it's been bounced off me and been able to do good for others while seeing my daughter get healed from the empowerment that this whole journey and putting her name up in lights has done for her. So so any, anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is that even though that there were some expectations originally, like it was pretty linear, like I want to climb a mountain, I want to become, it, it was all about me trying to get healed and I just got to go do this. And all these other blessings have come from it, the amount of people and being all over the world. And you don't have to go climb, you know, the seven summits, you could become a skater. You could, there's right. so many things you can do, but it's just like taking that step forward towards something positive in your life, like you're, you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing how, um, you know, it just, it does, it translates into everything and it expands everything. Like just one of the tools that I play with a lot is adding to your life. Like, so just asking, you know, people just asking like, what can I add to my life that would make it greater or that would, you know, allow me to create whatever I'm, you know, would like to create. And, and just sort of letting things show up. And that was what skating was for me. I didn't, I, people think people go, Oh, you took it up again. I never skated as a kid. I, I, you know, I, it wasn't like I used to do it and I picked it up. I, I was so totally out of the blue, like literally one day I just had this idea and I was like, that is just so random, but okay, sure. I'll go, I'll go ice skating and see what that's like. And, um, it wasn't something I always wanted to do nothing. It was just random. And I went and it was so much fun that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go tomorrow and the next day and the next day, you know? <laughs> and then I was like, oh man, it's going to take some work to do what I want to do. You know, I'm a, I'm a dancer. I've been dancing my whole life. And it's like, I want to, you know, like, dan- like when I look at skating and being on the ice, it's like, I want to just dance on the ice. And I still can't really do that because I, you know, I'll probably it's be able hard. to do that in a few years, you know, but I, I've got these metal blades that I'm, you know, dealing with. Right. So I got to learn how to move them, but 
it's I got, I, I got a quick story for you yeah. um, just because it ties into what what you're doing which mm-hmm. is you you know you have this drive to keep pushing and, and learning and i've got mad respect we have olympic skaters that come to my little hometown sun valley idaho oh yeah yeah, yeah the lodge they you know they, they they're they're just amazing athletes to see these yeah. guys fly in the air and do turns and all that stuff and uh it is that the time was a long time ago. And I think I was in about the fourth grade. Okay. And so myself, my sister, and some of her friends, um, we are going to go out to this local skating rink that's still there outside of Seattle. And the whole idea was we were going to take ice skating lessons. And this was like a six week thing. And, you know, I'd go out there and skate around, but wasn't really into it. And at the, at the end, when you get done, there's these different levels that you keep advancing up through. And at the end of the session of this class that we were learning how to skate, the entire class got moved up to level two, except for me. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. And this is, this, is a, this is just a great example of, I didn't have any kind of a why. I really didn't care about it. And so mm-hmm. if I would have got advanced, I probably would have stuck with it because why not something to do? But, you know, like when they didn't advance me, I quit, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's just, again, it gets back that I didn't have that same drive towards this particular sport that you're talking about that you can't wait, even though you can't do the triple axle or whatever it is yet. (laughs) I I don't think so, you know, or you can flip or whatever, you know, even though you can't do that, you know, it's something that you want to aspire and to see how far you can actually push yourself. Yeah. 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 So, so with business, you know, I, I, um, cause I do so much coaching with biz- people and their businesses. Um, and it is like we say all the time, never give up, never give in, never quit. You will succeed. You will succeed. And it, it won't look like you think it's going to, it will never show up. Nothing will ever show up like you think it's going to, yeah. and that's okay. You know, um, so let's, let's talk a little bit more directly about that. Cause you've, you know, ha- been an entrepreneur and, and really woven all of this into your life as well. Yeah. You want to, I don't, yeah. I don't even yeah, have I a specific know. question. Well, no, <laughs> the, 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 I, I think, you know, I started a gaming company uh, in Seattle and now I'm with sports Illustrated. And the parent company is a technology company that we started five years ago. And, and so there's just the basic building blocks of, of you know trying to get where you want to go and it seems like it's never enough but you're trying to get to that next plateau and i go back to the same blueprint pyramid of success and the first thing you got to do of course is have a roadmap where you're trying to go and to me when you start filling in those 25 individual team goals is having a very clear idea that at the end of the day when you wake up every morning you know, you got to ask yourself, um, what's the best use of my time and how can I get to my end goal in the most, yeah. you know, fluent way. And, and so that's one, if you're a salesperson, I mean, there's all these different categories of finance and all these other ones, but I think that, that the one thing I probably learned more than anything to be the great salesperson is to be the great listener. Mm-hmm. And the more that I listen, the more clues that are given, and off you go. I think another thing that has been really powerful in my life in terms of like trying to figure it out because I didn't get my MBA. My MBA was just kind of jumping in, yeah. but 
Um, I've also learned in football, in business, in mountaineering, that success leaves clues. And that's a big one for me. So when, yeah. And so somebody might get that from a podcast. Somebody might get that from people. In my case, there's a lot of business leaders around Seattle that, that, that I know that I've been able to associate with. Um, it could be a book, but always having that thirst of knowledge helps you elevate and get to the next level. And then I guess the other thing is for me is that nothing is ever that mission critical. I mean, like when you think it's, it can get any worse, it actually can. And so, <laughs> and so you just gotta like, unless you're like six feet under and, and with dirt, you know, there's just, there's, you gotta just take the time to also get up out of your seat and go ice skate or go climb a mountain or doing something where you're not just stuck in front of a computer. So you can get your brain to refreshing and do that thing that you said um, about 20 minutes ago, which is how much you love to create. Yeah. Right. And that creative process and then getting that flowing again, like maybe there's another way in, how do I get into that company? Who else do I need to go and network with? How do I penetrate, go around? I mean, I'm constantly doing, even at Sports Illustrated, I'm constantly doing that where there's somebody out there, a company I want to talk to, and I'll go in through LinkedIn or I'll figure out some other sneaky way that I'll get there. And then you got to deliver something, you know, people, there's so much stuff out there. And this little word that, that has really been effective for me, at least, um, and I'll leave it with this is just point of difference. Like what is going to make somebody sit up and pay attention to you that you're selling or offering that somebody else doesn't, how, how is that going to help them? And how is that going to help their lives? And that's what they want to know. Not yeah. just about how great you are, but how you're going to benefit what what they need and want. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but we talk a lot in the work that I do about acknowledging your difference, and the you know the more the more you acknowledge, because everybody has everybody is unique, and everybody has something so beautiful and unique to offer if they're being them, you know, and they're really willing to show up and acknowledge themselves and acknowledge how different they are. And I think that's a huge aspect of success as well is um, not trying to be somebody else, not trying to do it like somebody else. Yeah. Getting lots of awareness and like, you you know, we're saying like the clues um, from other people and ultimately, you know, knowing what it is that you desire to create and going for it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, there's just, I feel like I could talk to you for hours, um, but we will, we will end. Um, thank you so much for your time and this, just an amazing conversation. Yeah. So if you don't mind, I, I, I just a, a quick plug and it's not a plug necessarily about me, but um, uh, on my website, um, markpattisonnfl.com, um, we are going to be posting when the film is coming out. Um, it's it's um, from um, uh, NFL Films, which does an amazing job at storytelling. I have no clue what they're going to say or how they're going to say it, but I know there's a large part around Amelia, my daughter who has epilepsy, and what we've been able to do there and my kind of inspiration. And so for, for me to kind of keep going and not quit. And yeah. so how they weave that all together will be interesting. Um, and certainly you and Brian are, are welcome to come. They're going to have a big premiere here in Sun Valley in September. Oh, fun. Love for you guys to be here. Awesome. But um, the, the kind of the net net though, is that um, it'll be interesting to see how they weave it. 
but all these things that you're talking about, it'll be more based on the mountain and a million overcoming her thing. But, you know, I think there's lessons in there for all of us about not giving up and, and, and keeping it going and doing something for others that, that we can all, and I would have never even, even thought about any of this if I hadn't been affected by my daughter and if I hadn't jumped into the fear and gone after the seven summits and, um, expose myself to all these different risks, but you know, by taking them, it certainly made, has made me a better person. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. How could you not? That's yeah. Well, your story, your stories are really, really inspiring. Um, Thank you. and I look forward to seeing the film. And so, um, Mark Patterson, NFL.com, we will put it in the show notes as well. Um, any other places where people can find you favorite social media platforms or anything? a lot of people seem to be connecting with me these days on, uh, same, same, uh, Instagram handle, Mark Patterson, NFL. And it was, and I gotta say this, I mean, we had people coming in by the hundreds every day. Um, you know, when I was on Everest and, and in the amount of support and love that was shown, I mean, I can, I can actually say that when you're up on Everest and you're that, that high up there all by yourself, and you're just trying to figure out like how, I mean, I was the last guy up and last guy down on that mountain and, and I'm running out of oxygen and just trying to figure it out, you know, is this going to be the day I got to, it's all those people that were there to support the journey. And, you know, the things that they had said prior to me going up, you got this, you know, I felt like Rocky or something, you know, <laughs> going up and, and it, it really made the difference. I believe in terms of my, you know, success and failure with, it could have gone either way and it, you know, it happened to it turned out the right way, but it certainly had a lot to do with the people supporting me. Well, isn't that true in life too? I mean, mm-hmm. surround yourself with great people and your life is a million times greater. It's so right. You said that so well. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thank you so much. And thanks everybody for <clears throat> tuning in and we'll catch y'all next time. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me for the Creation of Living podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and leave me a review. If you would like more, you can find all kinds of resources and upcoming events at heathernichols.com. Until next time, remember, my beautiful friends, the world thrives when you do.